Welcome back to the Stevie Fro Podcast. This is episode 57 and the first show of season three. Really good to be back. And it's been quite a while, uh, but been eager to get this going again and plan to dedicate more time to it before the winter months. Winter is coming, right? Uh, today's guest is my very good friend, Eric Russell, the boys basketball coach at Camel County High School. Eric was our guest all the way back on episode two in the beginning, but it's a new day, new surroundings, uh, much better sound than the first time. Uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Yep, thanks for having me. Man, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy these days now that the season's over? Well, you know, I've been teaching at uh, St. Mary's School. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> staying busy with them and uh, helping Dad a little more at the church and just kind of spending time with the family. Uh, you know, you know how it goes during the season. You you don't have a lot of time, and so we're just using that time to catch up. Can you believe it's May? Almost May. No. I mean, there's really not much time this school year, and uh, I'm looking forward to summer and, you know, doing some stuff with the family mm-hmm. as far as vacation and stuff. Sure. Have you uh, – now that you have three adult children, okay, Yeah. I, I would think that the off-season could either be really boring or amazing – yeah. yeah, it's kind of neat. My uh, my oldest just got a, um, a school psych. She's a school psychologist. She got a job at West Claremont, and uh, that's kind of neat. And then, and she's graduating from UC with her graduate degrees. She's got like three of them, and so we have that coming up soon. And then Jesse's graduating from Northern, and he's finishing up his student teaching. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for a job, and he's got some prospects where he'll be teaching next year. So. It's a family business. It is. And uh, our youngest hope is going to finish up at Northern soon. So, yeah, we're getting to that point. And uh, it's kind of neat. They're all three going to go on vacation with us this summer. And we're just kind of like trying to do that as much as we can before Cause you know what's they don't coming. do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's already getting hard enough to get them when all together. When was the last time you were able to do all that? Man, it's been – for all, all five of us to be at vacation at the same time, it's been at least four years ago. Isn't that amazing? It's because they just have so much going sure. on, and it's hard for everybody's schedules to match up. Their own friends, their own work, right? lives, school, yeah. jobs. Yep. Yeah, it's the progression of life is yep. what I, how I put it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you gotten over the, the thought, like, have you gotten used to having grown-up kids? Having no. been a dad for so well, long now. Yeah. I've got used to it as far as I know they got their own thing going on and just kind of the hard part is, like, Little things that I used to do with them, yeah. And now, and this is a simple little thing, but this is, this makes my point. So Jesse and I, since he was a little kid, would take the recycling to the recycling bin out of our garage. We piled into my truck, and uh, then we go to there was like a little mare stop. We go get an icy. That was like our little thing. It's a routine, your bond. Exactly. So the other day I was doing recycling and almost teared up. Like, man, this used to be me and Jesse's thing. Now I'm throwing this basically crap in the back yeah. of my truck and doing it by myself. <laughs> it's not as fun without him. Yeah. And I don't give good an icy by myself. So, See, I would go get the icy myself. <laughs> I'm just a desperate nostalgic. I love, you know, yeah. I, I get it. It'll be a song or a. It could be just something I see on TV or just driving by and seeing a sign or seeing a picture of something. Right. I get incredibly nostalgic that way. Yeah. I'm kind of that way, too. 
But then, like you said, you know, you also want them to move on and start their life and do their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm their biggest fan. Going to cheer them on all the way. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Coach Russell, he is the architect of five regional championships, two All-A regional championships, and 437 wins, starting with the Newport girls' job in 1998. Uh, he moved over to the boys' program in 2001 mm-hmm. and returned to his alma mater in 2010 and has spent the last 12 seasons setting the standard that most of us chase. So since you were last on, which was June of 2020, a lot has changed, right? Yeah. Some cool things have happened. Um, you mentioned just before that you were at St. Mary's. The first thing is that you retired from the public school system. Yep. And what did that last, about three weeks? <laughs> yeah, the official retirement was July 1. Of 2020 or 2021? 2021. Mm-hmm. And then July 3rd, I got a call from St. Mary from some people at St. Mary's say if I'd be interested in uh, – at first, I wasn't – I was like, man, I just retired. I don't want to teach. And then I went and met with the principal and some of the people, and it just seemed like, yeah, why not? It's down the street. And I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun. And um, teaching middle school is a little bit different than high school, but the kids have been really good and fun, fun to work with. And it's actually fun to go in and, and, and work every day. So, You know, the thing about the – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I was thinking I'm going to try it again next year. Do you another should. Year. Yeah. yeah, you might as yeah, well. I'm enjoying it. And the, the, what in my perspective is that, um, you know, you got a smaller private school as opposed to the big public school. You know, the, the people that work there, the educators and the staff that work there, they really want to be there, which probably makes for a really good environment to work in. And as well, the kids, you know, a little different there at the private school where they're maybe a little bit more behaved. Maybe not. Yeah. But. You know, everything was great at Campbell, and I really don't have a lot to complain about as far as teaching there. I was great, too. It's just – this is just a little bit different. And um, being able to go in and and, and teach um, a different subject and, like you said, deal with these kids. That, you know, their parents are paying for them to go there. So, they're not – the parents aren't putting up with a lot of nonsense either. And – uh the kids come in, they do what you ask them to do, and for the most part are really, really well behaved. And it's just it's just something different. And I think for me, it's good to change. I can't stick – my wife's taught sixth grade math for her whole career. Wow. I couldn't do that, you know. I've taught different things throughout these last few years. And it's just when I change, it's ready – I'm ready for it, and then I embrace it, and I'll enjoy it for whatever time it is that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So. So you just completed your 24th season as a head basketball coach, mm-hmm. a milestone that is quickly, in my opinion, becoming endangered with the landscape that the way it is currently. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's getting tougher and tougher for guys to stick with it um, for a lot of different reasons that we can talk about, but um, it's getting hard. It's even getting hard for me to stick with it. Sure. Um, this will be my 25th year. And there's a good chance it's my last one. Mm-hmm. As far as at Campbell. Sure. You know, maybe take a break for a year or two and jump back in. Who knows? But uh, it's just getting to that point. Um, dealing with parents, dealing with um, – Well, you've also got the stuff in the school too. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. when I say the landscape, there's so much involved with that. 
Yeah, there, I I don't know if uh, – I think the whole – you know, we went through the COVID seasons. I, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say too. I don't know. It just drained me. And yeah. it, it took a ton out of me. And the fun of the, the stuff that you enjoyed coaching got taken away mm-hmm. during that time. And I don't know if it's recovered for me no. as far as getting back to where it was before the COVID hit. And I think this year – and I've talked to a lot of people. But I, I literally just saw Kevin Listerman at the parking lot down at uh, Chipotle, and we were talking about it. I really believe that the COVID year and all the COVID stuff took its toll not only on us, but especially on the kids. Yeah, and this year was, from a lot of people that we talked to, we, you know, we, we all seem to have run into the same sort of issues this year. And I really believe that um, that has something – and I'm not blaming – looked. I'm not blaming anything on it, but I'm just, I think that this is a byproduct of some of the things that we saw. And, uh, you know, because it's also this the first real year that we've had a, a reemergence into some normalcy. And things were really different last year where we were just grateful to be able to play. And um, I think people were kids. Parents, uh, you know, the people in the school, the community, everything. I think it was just uh, you were doing your job and all that went into it. And everybody saw that the toll that it took on just us just trying to make sure that we were playing and everything else. I mean, just as individuals, right? Yeah. I mean, what the, what you can control so that your kids could play where, you know, for me personally, it was, um, you know, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do these things uh, because I wanted to make sure that nothing happened to me so that I didn't affect the ability of my kids and my seniors to be able to come out and just practice and play because we went through a, one of those situations very early in the season and you know, we were shut down for almost a week and nobody got sick. So I didn't want to be the one who had the finger pointed at. Yeah, I agree. And it's not only the trying to figure out everything and keeping it, but it was, it was the mental strain on us and the kids. Mm-hmm. So like, Trying to play a season, but also wondering every second, are we getting shut down for a week? Yeah. Or is the team we're getting ready to play that we're getting ready to prepare yeah. for, are they getting shut down? Mm-hmm. And how many times did that happen? I don't know. It just took its toll. And like you said, it was probably more on the kids than us. Oh, agreed. But um, as a head coach, and then you know this, we have so many things that we're trying to to do as far as the administrative part of everything and the added send the list of – kids and what I'm going to this gym what is the what is everything I have to make sure is done before we go in and play this team at this gym and the every gym is different and yeah, yeah the temperature checks, checks the bus the bus seating charts yes all that stuff and I mean the cleaning of the balls and the sending the the ticket information yeah. to the parents and all I mean it just it Believe just me. kept and this ain't a boo-hoo whatever but <laughs> yeah. there is a lot more that we dealt with on top of that whereas you, you you have another thing that you have to do. It's like, man, come on, man. I, 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 look. Um, and I think we talked about this. We've talked about it privately. But uh, in the beginning, I, I was not really good at delegating because I was afraid that it wouldn't be completed. So it, it, I have gotten better at that. And I almost had to with – the, if I wouldn't have done that in the last couple of years, and this year especially, you know, especially with Chris Stapleton coming back from Fleming really was um, a big weight off my shoulders just to have somebody else who's been a head coach. Um, he brings a lot of value, and 
you know, between him and Jeremy and, and Kevin and Petey, they, they handle a whole lot. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I would say this year was an absolute grinder. I mean, we, we talked throughout the whole year. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. You know, do you feel that as the years add up, the more energy requires when you think it would be the opposite because you would, you, you think you're kind of coasting, but for me, it feels like it's just much more of a grind. I have to exert so much more energy to be able to do the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, sometimes. You know, like you brought up your coaches. I've learned to lean on them more. Um, Coach Gross, Jerry Gross, and Brent Souter, and the two White brothers, and Coach Orth. I mean, I've, I've learned to start asking them to do more. And like you said, uh, I would always try to do it on my own. And there's still a lot of stuff I hold on to. Like, Me too. And sometimes it's because I just feel bad trying to ask somebody to do mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. I have that. To do. Like, I don't want to make put something else on them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it – I don't know. It's just since the COVID, it's been tougher. And um, and it has been a grind. And, and maybe um, – I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just – Doing it so long as I have, and maybe um, I kind of had my the way I did things, yeah. and COVID changed it. Same. And the kids, I'm not talking, just talking about basketball kids, but all the kids that had to get stuck at home for all that time, and then they come back, and I think in some ways forgot how things work and how we do things, and mm-hmm. it's, you know. Yeah. And, that's why I felt. And you're reteaching yeah, that, different that's things. That's what I meant you're when I said that. Yeah. You know, it, it felt like this year was a direct byproduct of some of that. And, and hopefully it'll get better. Um, yeah. You know, it was just f- like for, for us, you know, it was really hard to find any kind of groove and any kind of uh, pace at all whatsoever. Um, you know, and, and we had different issues. You know, we, you know, kids hurt or, you know, a kid had to miss for this or that, sick. You know, we, did, we went through it all. And, and we were touched with some COVID this year which right in the beginning of the season and things were going really well and just kind of spiraled. You know, I, 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 I liken yeah. this year to like, there was like a three iterations of the season. You know, you had the, the beginning and then the, that COVID period. And then um, we didn't, we played the first night with our full team, the opening night. And then we didn't play with them again until January 11th. So it was awful. It was really tough to find any kind of right. groove and have any kind of, um, you know, unity on that. Right. And kids needed to, throughout this year, and it was tough, but they needed to be more mentally tough than the past, I think. Agreed. To handle all this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some couldn't. And no, was, I agree. And that was a hard hurdle for us. And I don't really think we got there to, to the standard that I want for mm-hmm. my team. That I, I don't think we're alone on that. Yeah. I think a lot of people were yeah. in the same boat. Yeah. I didn't get to that standard. And I guess because of all the years of doing it, I expect a certain standard yeah. with that. And we just never got there. The last time you were on, we talked about coaching your son, Jesse. Mm-hmm. You know, the good, the bad that comes with that, right? And let me say, having had multiple conversations with others uh, after that episode, so that was episode two, multiple conversations with others who have gone through that experience the overwhelming reaction to that topic was just raw emotion from everybody. Uh, Dave Faust, Ron Dunn, especially. And that really took me by surprise. And, and the reason I talk about this is, you know, coming from the outside, it, it appears 
to me or appeared that that's a special experience just because I don't understand what that's like. But from the inside, it's a completely different dynamic to live with, you know, teaching and, you know, coaching a teenage son. And I'm certain that um, a, a female head coach would have the exact same deal with their teenage daughter. But since then, Jesse has, you talked about, you know, finishing up in Northern and all that. He's entered the coaching world. Yeah. And just finished his first season at Dayton High. Yeah. All right. Um, we talk about what it's like to have the chance to just be dad and watching him make his way. <laughs> well, the, the first thing is it's funny seeing him want nothing to do <laughs> with Campbell County basketball, mm -hmm. which I think people will be like, what? Because I see people all the time, oh, is he going to come coach with you and this and that? He wants nothing to do with it. And I don't know if it was because of the whole experience with how hard it was when it, when it was with me, but I think he's trying to make his own way. Agreed, yeah. He wants he doesn't want to be like, oh, I got this job because my dad coached all these years. He, he wants to kind of do his own thing and make his way. And uh, so the first time I watched him, I think he was at Newport Catholic, <laughs> and and I had to tell him, I said, man, you got to be a little more vocal. Get out there. <laughs> you know, and he didn't want to hear that stuff from me, but – I'm like, you can't be all laid back like I am right now because <laughs> you got to find your own way. Yeah. Like, you know how long it took me to, to get to that sure. spot? And uh, it was just fun watching him and seeing how he interacted with the kids. And and uh, I could tell the players really liked him and he's relating well with them. And, Has it been a so, good experience for him? I think so. I think he realized how hard it is, oh, how yeah. much time yeah. you put in. I don't think he realized how much time you put in. And uh, – and when it was over, I know he was drained. Cause, oh, sure. Because that's the first time he's ever done it, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, But he enjoyed it, and he really likes those kids at Dayton, really cares about them. Um, he'll tell me stories of stuff, you know, that those kids go through. And uh, same way when I was at Newport. And I was at Dayton, and same thing. And he, you know, he wants to help them. Yeah, and it's more about basketball to yeah. him. Let me say this, too. And I – and I don't say this um, to be mean about anything, but I truly believe that coaches who come in and they pay their dues, they don't go and their first job is at uh, Campbell County, you know, coaching with the great Eric Russell or uh, Mason County or, or someplace that is just really tradition rich and, you know. Established. Exactly. And it's easy, right? It's because it's fool's gold to come in somewhere where kids need you in different ways. You got to show up to earn respect, right? right. You've got to find your voice. And that's something that we had talked about. Um, and you had just mentioned, you're like, you know, speak up, you know, do, you know, trying to find, he's got to find his identity there. But, um, you know, the last time we had talked about what that those five years did for me there was it taught me how to coach kids. When I transitioned over to here, it was just coaching basketball. And had yeah. I not had that, I don't know if I would still be around, to yeah. be really honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, we touched on this last time, but I learned how to coach while at Newport. Mm -hmm. uh, how to deal with people, how to deal with kids, all of it I learned. And it was, it was basically thrown into the fire and sink or swim. Yeah. And you're either going to step up and deal with all the things you have to deal with or – with a lot of people do, they leave. But if you want to be successful and try to, to help these kids, you got to stick with it and mm -hmm. deal with the good 
and there's there's a lot of bad you're dealing with. And uh, if you have the right mentality that you're in it for uh, to help the kids more than winning a basketball game, then you're going to have that success, yeah. and the winning will show up. But you know, I agree. You need to have those opportunities to get your feet wet in those types of schools. And, and Newport's a good school. Like, Snap's doing a one heck of a job. I, uh, the future is bright there, too. Yeah, he, he does a great job. Yeah. And, and uh, so I'm not saying it's a bad place to coach. I'm just saying you had to learn. I had to learn a lot when I was there. And, and like, a lot of good things, but then there was a lot of tough things, too. And, you know, I think Jesse's starting to learn that, too, mm-hmm. at Dayton. And, but he loves it and loves those kids, and he's all about it. Does so, he reach out for advice or – Run Sometimes, things by you. yeah, he does, or he just wants to tell me, "Hey, this kid, yeah. like, tell me what what he's dealing with," and 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 what's cool is I'll be able to say, "Yeah, that's how it is," and you know, maybe just give him a little things here and there. But he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's gonna he's always gonna make good decisions in that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Do you, by watching him coach this year, did you do you see any similarities in uh, maybe what he's picked up from you? Um, just from watching you and, and playing for you? Yeah, I, I I see – well, it's funny because he's he realizes the level where we are and what he mm-hmm. was used to as a player. Sure. And now Dayton's a lot, obviously a lot smaller school. And and they've got – they're trying to coach those kids that they have and um, bring them up. And he realizes, man – it's a little bit different. Like his JV team, anybody that was really good, obviously was playing play for, up. playing for Mike, mm-hmm. and so he's going to have to deal with that. And uh, yeah, and it's funny seeing him talk to me about, hey, you know, we used to do this, but I can't get it to work here. And I was like, you have to look at what you have, what your your players, and come up with something else. Something we're doing at Campbell might not work yeah. for you with with the kids you have. Yeah. So that's what you have to figure out because you're with them every day. So some things I couldn't help him with. And that's just the balance of looking at your team from year to year, too. Right, right. And and you adjust. Yeah. Now, you they adjust. played here. We we had a pickup game because they had lost a game and we had lost a game. And I'll be honest with you, his group, they played really well. And they scrapped. And it was a heck of a JV game. Yeah, he's he had a nice little scrappy team. Yeah. I saw him play a couple times and – um, he had some kids that can play, and Mike Wall. I feel like Coach Walls does a great job with those kids. And yep, um, I thought they had a great season. Yeah, he's uh, he's in really good hands with Mike, and, and I say this, you know, he he's going to learn he's going to learn a lot from Mike. And uh, Mike's an alumnus of the school. Uh, he wants what is very best for the kids, the the school, the community. It's the trifecta of what doing things right looks like. And, you know, Mike understands the game. He's very energetic. Um, he's in really good hands. And, and it's a great opportunity. I really do believe it. And you know as well as I do that sometimes that first job getting in the door is the toughest. Yeah. And right. there are a lot of people that have had the doors just continuously closed and they've been in a middle school job forever or an AAU job. And, you know, I mean, even when when jobs open here, I'll get I'll get messages from people that I know that it's – over and over and over, and it's not personal, but you know, you you already have in your mind the the short list of, you know, who you'd like to see fill these roles. Um, 
And, you know, like you, I like having the kids from the program that want to do this. And, you know, it's the same kind of deal with Mike. And I think Mike did a really good job hiring staff when yeah. he first got there. So it's been, he's good. Yeah, he's going to do, do well. And, and like you said, getting into a head coaching job anywhere, whether it be a JV head coach or freshman head coach or, you know, whatever, it's not easy. And then you got guys like me that have been around for 25 yeah. and I haven't given up the job, you know. And there's a lot of guys like that have been around. So then that job never comes open. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of guys that, that want in that job. That's why it's such a special thing to be a head coach because not everybody can do it, for one, and not everybody gets that opportunity to do it, for one, because there's not a ton of opportunities out there to do it. Yeah. So that's why I feel like you're saying I feel blessed to have been able to do it this long. Sure. And realizing that there's a lot of people who would love to be in my shoes. They think they'd love to be in they, my shoes. I literally they think to be, that. they'd love to be in my shoes. But there's a lot of people that covet that, that first chair, not realizing how tough that first chair really is. What's it Brad Carr used to say? You, you have no idea when you move, you know, 18 inches up on the bench. Yeah. The difference or 12 inches. What I can't remember. What it was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. just, just like that. Yeah. You know, I can remember, you know, I coached with uh, Danny Sullivan one season um, at Campbell when he was there. And then coached with Mark Krebs for a few years. And just, you know, sitting there going, man, sometimes – sometimes I would never say it out loud. I'm, I was 100% behind the guys I was for. But you'd be like, oh, man, why I would do, do that? that? Yeah. I would do that different. And then when I got there, I'm like, oh, no. They were right on. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize you don't what think they about deal it with no, when it's happening. until you're in it. And I, we all do that. Yeah, everybody does it. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's what you said too. Also, it kind of segues to what I had said in the beer in the very beginning, or it tandems on it. Um, you, you know, the landscape is changing. You know, we got what in the last, you know, ten days, you had three varsity jobs open up with Ryle and uh, Dixie, and now Holmes. So and I don't know if you know Ludlow's open now. And Lud- I did not know that. Yeah, Danny's gonna, Danny Sullivan's gonna help uh, his son Vance at Gallatin. Awesome. So there's another. And that's open. another kid that, from a coaching family, yeah. from a school family, that has been around as an assistant, just needed an opportunity. Right. He just needed to be in the door, and it, the kid's great. You know, he's. I, I love talking to Vance. I coached him for a year at baseball at Newcastle. He's great, and he's going to do awesome things in there just because he, he's young, he's energetic. You know, will he be able to do a 25-year, 30-year like his dad? It'll be tough. Yeah, you know, and he's paid his dues. He was sitting he has, there yeah. working as an assistant, scouting. He'd always be the one asking me for film. And, Same. You know, he's, he paid his dues, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he does. And, and having his dad on his uh, coaching staff will be a – That's great. I mean, what a, what a cool Couldn't thing. ask for anything more. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know – and you had talked to me. We had talked about like you know when whenever you're done, wherever whatever that is, and Jesse's still coaching. Just go be his assistant and just sit there yeah. and just you know hang out. That would be amazing. Yeah. You know you got. I mean you think about that. You know Jesse Russell and Van Sullivan with Hall of Fame dads with hundreds of wins sitting next to you. Like oh you got it. You're good. <laughs> good <Yeah>. call. <laughs> good play. <laughs> it would just be. I would if that ever happens, that would just be wonderful. Like just to be able to sit back, let him coach his game, and then just be that support mm-hmm. wherever he would need it. It's full circle. Yeah. And 
and and I would be super satisfied with just doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and not to not to make it a somber tone, tone, but you know, you talked a lot about Bob Jones when we were here. You know, Bob Jones, prince of a man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, Coach Jones passed away last May. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was very instrumental in your personal life and professional life at Newport. Campbell is your coach, and then at Newport, mm-hmm. and then um, while well, you were at Campbell again. So, you know, you got to spend a lot of time with Coach Jones while he was, you know, still coaching that. So it's – you understand – it's almost that kind of dynamic because you had a very close relationship that way. Yeah, and, and you know, since he passed, it was hard. He was always the guy that I would go to if uh, – if I needed to ask him something or or if I just needed to vent, yeah, he was the guy I would go to. I'd just call him and we'd sit there and talk on the phone or um, visit him at his house and just sit there and, and then he he basically listen and then maybe say two or three things. Mm-hmm. But I just felt better getting to talk to him because yeah. I, know, I knew he'd been through it, you know. You can talk to some people, but if they don't really know what you're going through, it's hard for them to understand. But uh, it was tough when we lost Coach. And I didn't – I was super sad when we lost him. Obviously, it was hard. But then this past season, when I didn't have him to go to, to talk to, that was tough. And uh, I didn't realize it until mm-hmm. – I didn't realize how much I leaned on him until this past season. Well, like I talked about before, nostalgia – yeah. You know, I mean, it's just some of those things. And, and you had mentioned, you know, like just when things were tough at Newport, like he was the guy that kind of said, it's going to be all right. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah, he, he, he would – it was funny. One time he looked at my practice schedule and he goes, uh, when's the last time you won a game without the ball going through the hoop? Because I had like a defensive yeah. schedule. And ever since, I've always had shooting in my practice schedule. Never left that out. And it was because of him. And uh, he was just a great mentor to just bounce stuff off of or just him coming and saying, listen, I know you've lost four games in a row. It's going to be okay. Yep. You're going to survive. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and that's huge for a young coach. Oh, my gosh. To have someone come and say yeah. that. I still talk um, to the guy that I worked for at Dayton after Barrett Bradshaw uh, left. And obviously, Brad, you know, still a lot of communication there. Um I like, you know, bouncing other things off of people just because no, nobody's making anything up anymore, right? We're not drawing stuff up in the dirt. You know, we are basically, we have what we got. You got your pieces, and you're trying to find the way to to make each piece into a, a pie, like in the Trivial Pursuit to, you know, continue moving on from game to game to game. And, you know, that's the real trick of it. If you don't have somebody that – you know, the, when you're used to that, and all of a sudden it's taken out. It's like Mick with Rocky, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Another guy I lean on a lot is Coach Flynn, Mike Flynn. Mm-hmm. And I know he's moved away, but I can always send him an email or text. And, hey, what was that drill we used to do? Because he helped me one season. And uh, he'll send you – he always sends you a video or something or a, a funny saying about another sport that has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. But he's another great coach that – it's fun to get ideas from. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Reed Jolly and Garen Birch over at 
Thomas More and the impact that they've had in that basketball program? Is that yeah. not unreal? Incredible. And what a season they had. Oh, my gosh. And uh, they're just two great kids and had just a great season. I was so happy Garen got to play that last play year, last year the, yeah, the COVID yeah. year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had such a good season. Um, I never got to go watch them, which stinks, but you know how the season goes. I just never had a chance to go this year. Um, but I kept up with them. Yeah, you got and, Reed was the leading scorer the first two years, right? Yeah. And obviously they had that young man this year who was just yeah. phenomenal. I mean, he may have been the player of the year. I can't really remember that. But, you know, and you got Garen who his – it seems like he's been the Iron Man of that program. The kid – starts and plays in every game a uh, bunch of minutes you know he's always in yeah. the 30s for the minutes played uh, played key roles in different statistical categories um, just a just a really good player and you know and it, this isn't trying to mean but um, you know you watch I watch these highlights now and I can remember him being a high school player and like damn that kid is just Really done well, yeah, and he, you know, because you knew Reed was going to do right. He was going to do Reed type things wherever he was, right. And that was the steal. Uh, honestly, that was a huge steal for them to get that kid. Yeah, I agree. And Reed wanting to stay close to home really helped with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Garen just kept getting stronger. He's one of those kids that keeps working, and he's really smart, and uh, and he loves playing. Mm-hmm. And I and I just think him enjoying playing so much. Uh, he just didn't want to give it up. And I was so happy for him that he got to get that extra year in. I remember um, I I sent him a congratulations. Hey, you're graduating. Congratulations, not knowing. And then he said, I'm thinking about coming back for that fifth year. I said, man, play as long as you can. Yeah. Do it. And uh, he said, I'm going to do it. And, man, what a year. And what he would have missed out on if he didn't. I know. I mean, what a season. Yeah. And they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him because he's one of those glue guys. He is. That does a lot of – Honestly, a lot of stuff that the star's not going to do. That's what he does. Yeah, and uh, they're going to miss him. And I was it, looking over his stats. It was like, yeah, wow, yeah. And then Reed's Reed. I mean, he's going to give you what Reed does. He's just a stud player. Well, and here's the other thing you're talking about, and, and this is a tribute and a hat tip to to you and your program that they're incredibly unselfish. They played that way in high school. They play that way now. Doesn't you know? Like I said, Reed was the leading scorer the first two years that he was there, and this other guy comes in, and, and, and now he's the man. Do you think he cared about that? He wanted to win. Yeah, they just want to win. Yeah. And I and that's something I'm trying to get my kids that I'm coaching now to understand. And I've had to say, Reed Jolly bought into this. Matt Wilson bought into this. Garen Birch bought into this. Cole Hagee bought into this. And that's why we were so successful. You guys want to keep going down the path we're going, keep doing it your way. And I think that's the men, the mental part of it that I'm trying to get into these guys' heads. And they could have been more successful if they'd have bought in. Um, not saying they didn't buy in at all. Sure. But they didn't buy in to, to what made us um, be able to get to a Final Four in a state tournament. And some of our most successful groups – that we all coach, every everybody that uh, is is around coaching, they can all take that same adage that way and and say that to their kids. Like, look, this group, I mean, it doesn't matter what group it is. Um, you know, I mean, I saw Kevin today. Kevin Lisman, I talked about earlier. And 
I'm sure there were days this year that he would have said, listen, Sam Vincent didn't care about this. All he right. wanted to do was what was best for the team. He wanted to win. Right. And now the guy's just killing it at Northern. Right. You know, right. talk about steals, yeah. right? What a, yeah. what a get for that guy. So, yeah, for real. You know, it, it is um, – it, it, it's it's really nice to see the local kids do well. And it doesn't have to be a local kid, right? But I love what they're doing over there. And, and I know Reed will be back, obviously. But, I, you know, I love the fact that, you know, White Veith's over there, too. Big fan of White Veith. Me, too. He's a great player. Friend of the show. You and know. then the kid from Robertson County. I don't know why his name just escaped me. <laughs> Justin Backer. Justin Backer. Mm-hmm. He's going to be they, there. They we'll recruit see how he fits very in. well. Yeah. You know, Coach Ray obviously does a really good job. I don't know him personally, but really does a good job. I love their energy, right? Now, it helps to you know, to be able to uh, assemble really good players like that, you know, yeah. and, and work through it, you know, work, you know, and you got more time than, right. than we get with our kids. And, and, you know, they're not sharing different sports either, but – Right. I, I would have felt guilty if you would have walked out of here today and we had not talked about them in the in the year they had. Yeah, what a year. And then, you know, on the girls' side, we had two Campbell County oh, girls. Oh, yeah, that's Taylor right, Taylor. And, yeah. and uh, She still dates Chad Omer, I believe. Yeah. How about that? And they had a heck of a season. I mean, obviously won a national, national championship. championship. Yeah. Could you imagine if they had both won? That would have been amazing. And it was close. I mean, an overtime <laughs> loss that the boys took in the Final Four. but Yeah. And they have nothing to hang their heads on, man. People don't realize. They're like, oh, it's Thomas Moore NAIA. They don't realize the level of hoops that's going on. That's in the NAIA. Big basketball. Yeah. And people, until you play it, yeah, you have no idea. That's big-time basketball. Yeah. And, because you've got these kids that are right. coming down from D1 or, D, you know, D2. And look, and Thomas Moore is transitioning. They're going up to D2. Is that right? Is that the same for the basketball? I know that is in football. I would imagine it's for everybody. You can't go yeah. from NAI yeah. to NCAA well, in I'm not a sure. sport. But that's happening currently. Like, they're in the process of that happening. So, you know, they're really peaking. The basketball program is peaking at a really good time to transition to the next level. And, my lo- look, you can go down that list. You know, Reed Jolly, Reed Jolly could have played Division One basketball. I'll, I will say it forever. I literally begged somebody – who was on the inside at Northern, like, you guys have got to take a look at this kid. Got to take a look at him. You will not be disappointed because he just does what you want him to do. You don't need him to go out and dribble. Okay, he's not going to – he doesn't want to do this. He's not selfish, but I begged. But, you know, it's their loss. Things work out to where it's supposed to. and I, Yeah. He's flourishing with Thomas, Thomas Moore. And I couldn't be more proud of him and Garen both. Yeah. And the way that they handle themselves is the way that we want our future kids at Campbell to do as sure. well. So I'm very proud of them both. Can we talk about the regional tournament at Holmes? Sure, why not? Are we going to get in trouble? Probably. <laughs> Who cares? Not. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> How did you think it went? Besides losing? Well, yeah, besides <laughs> that. All right. Uh, I thought it was run really well. Yeah, I thought, I thought that, so too. I thought the environment the environment was good. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Part of everybody complaining about everything got old. Yeah. Uh, the reaction it got was absurd. Yeah. And I thought people went a little overboard with it. And and I love playing and we've talked about this before. I love playing at the at Mason County Field Me too. I love it. But I didn't understand the the, the whole backlash 
because we wanted to have it closer to us. And I get it. It's this tradition and blah, blah, blah. But once every four years, we're down at exactly at Clark or Montgomery. And the regional tournament homes seemed like it made as much or not more than when it's outside of the, the field house. Right. So it was par for the course. Yeah. And, you know, and I know there, there was probably a few things. You could complain about anything. Sure. You know, you can, you can nitpick and find something to, to complain about if, if you want to. Or you realize, you know, you know, the two games we played, we had huge crowds. Yeah. And I think if, if we would have been able to get past Bracken, we could have brought a bigger crowd in that final for us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously um, Bracken had a heck of a tournament. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did a, they're doing a really good job. Adam's oh, yeah. done a great job. The kids oh, yeah. are – they scrap – they yeah. get after you, you know. Yeah. Um, it it kind of reminds me a little bit of our, and I told him this, it reminds me a little bit of our 17 team. Just not real big, but all over the court all the time. Yeah, and it's hard to defend that. It is. Whereas people thought your matchup, like they're matching up against you, yeah. might have been tough. In my opinion, I thought it was um, it was bad for both, right? I, the what was good for you was not good for him, but what was really good for him was not good for you. Yeah. And, you, you know, you got yeah. a bigger team trying to chase around right. these young cats. You yeah. know, they do a really good job about that. They yeah. do what they do well. Yeah, they do. And and we had – we didn't get to – I don't think we capitalized enough on our advantage to be able to win it, partly because Des was on the bench a lot of the time with foul trouble. Um, but, like you said, they did what they had to do to win and – Hats off to him. What a great season. Oh, yeah. And and obviously Clark was just – Clark was a team. Uh, so good. You win so the state loaded. championship. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, so I don't want to – I mean, what a season they had, obviously. I mean, get go to Rupp and really just ran the table. And, oh, yeah. And let everybody know that they were they were the big dog this year. Now, I had a really good time down there. I was there for every session, and I thought it was, you know, outside of – Outside of uh, people, you know, they complained about the parking. I didn't have any problem parking anywhere. Obviously, concession stand the first couple nights was not real good. But, the, I mean, those things are, like you said, you can find something to bitch about. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, the fishing was good. I thought that the, the, you know, the maintenance for everything was good. Um, I thought the environment was really good. And I, I enjoyed that. So, you know, I, I did not like with you. I didn't like how people conducted themselves, especially adults. You know, I thought that was absurd. But, you know, everybody's got their agenda, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's going to complain for one way or another. When And I've told somebody this, that, you know, when we need to drive to Montgomery County, it's like, oh, gosh, right? But we do it. Yeah. If the regional's there and you're playing in it, you're going to go. Uh, if, you know, if the regional's at Holmes and you're at GRC, it's like, oh, man. But guess what? They showed up. And they played. You know who didn't care was the kids. Yeah, they didn't that, care. They didn't care. They were just there to play. Right. And anybody who says differently, I don't want to hear it. They, they might they might bitch because their coaches were complaining about something, whatever, but they were just there to play. And I didn't see one group there in all the games that were played that did not play hard or did not play like the season was on the line because they did. And the fact that adults played that role themselves I thought was absurd. And, you know, I'll get into that later time with, with other people, but, you know, I, I've, this is. I mean, it, 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 it was, the, the decision was made. Yeah. 
And, and everybody like, wanted to say it was our decision, like the coaches. Right, yeah, yeah, like we made the decision. We were the last ones in on that And deal. we were like, hey, we're going to play it. And the kids did what they were supposed to do on every team, GRC, Bracken. Yep. They showed up ready to play and yep. have fun. And like you said, it was the adults. And, you know, I remember when we were at the draw, a coach goes something like, hey, why don't we just play it somewhere, something, something, something. And I wanted to so bad just to say, man, you know how many times Frohmeyer and I could have said, hey, why don't we just play somewhere in northern Kentucky and not drive down here for the finals Yeah, and us two play each other? Yeah. How many times did that happen? Zero. You know what I'm saying? We, we never just, said We it. just went and played, never yeah. complained. Never. And I, and, and I have great memories of it. I yeah. love it. Um, and it is what it is. And it might not happen again. It might not happen at Holmes again. I have no idea. Or wherever. Um, but – I don't think it was bad. You know, you're always going to have those people complaining. Sure. There's nothing you can do. Well, I just, I just didn't like the bitterness and, and, you know, people trying to use a platform to pick one side. Yeah. And you, you have people that just don't have integrity that pretend to have integrity, but they really don't. And they only play the one side, even though they pretend they peek their head out on the other side and then they go back down yeah. and, well, and yeah. reemerge on the other side again. And, and the only people you're hurting when you do that is the kids. Yeah. Like, you're not hurting me. They're not hurting you. No. I mean, I didn't lose any sleep over it. No. I don't know if you did. I didn't lose one wink of sleep over it. I did not. I would have liked to have played it, by the way. Yeah. I don't think our kids really listened to it either. Mine didn't. Ours ours did not. I mean, it was a a topic of conversation for a time, but mostly it was like, why are these people being so crazy about this? It's – and and literally, I think one day one of our one of our groups of kids said, "We never like we always go to wherever. And it's not a big deal." So, but then again, you have a region that's very spread out, you know. So somebody's always going to travel, right? It's right. just the way it's going to be. It's just the nature of what it is. Uh, what absolutely, our is. you know, where they don't have that. You know, the eighth always at Henry County, whether or not you're at Gallatin or you know Eminence, right? It's always going to be at. Henry County, more ninth has been at BBNT. I will say, and I told people this leading up to it, that last year the ninth at Holmes was phenomenal. I mean, the environment, and it was a sellout every day, just phenomenal. Um, and I like that more than I like the NKU. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, now, I, however, I love going there to watch basketball because the seats are comfortable. There's not a bad seat. Yeah. So it's a win-win, obviously. Yeah, I've had a good experience at NKU, so I like it. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, another thing, um, if our region, and this is just me throwing this out here, decided every year we're going to do it at Mason County like they do it in the 8th with Henry. There you go. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Every year it's there. And if we can't come to that decision, then I don't want to hear the crying. If, exactly. If it's when it's our turn, we decide yeah. to have it here. Well, I, I said at the beginning, and I'll say it now, it, I think at the end of the day, it all came down. It was all about money, you know. And the the people who didn't know and what was all involved and everything else, I, they had their own illusions. And, and even those people who, you know, had an opinion – and then were corrected about the facts of this or that. There, we're like, oh, I get it. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, that doesn't mean they still weren't, you know, 
brats about it. But, you know, when, you know, obviously, you know, because you and I had a lot of conversations because, you know, everybody pointed the finger here. And then, <clears throat> you know, it just, again, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, I don't really care where a game is played. You know, I just like to play tonight. But yeah, at the end of the day, Clark County cut down the nest no matter where it was, and they went to the state tournament, and they won mm-hmm. the state tournament. Yeah. Did it affect that at all? No. no. You excited about the team you got coming back next year? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's nice. We're going to have everybody back. And, you know, I'm excited to see kind of this summer how things will go. Um, probably going to, sh- you know, never know, shake a little, couple little things here and there up. But uh, just just hoping that a year uh, of what we just went through will kind of yeah. get into their heads to do it the way we want them to do it. How many do you have that you share sports yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Like, you know, so we're just coming off of that. Yeah. We still have it, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be as bad. Yeah, I have out of the top six guys, four of them play football. Mm-hmm. I like them playing other things. I, I do Some too. people don't. Yeah. No, I do. I do. I mean, I've been like that when I was at Newport and Campbell. I want the kids playing. Um, coach Weinrich's the new coach. Yeah. Our football coach, and I've already got to talk to him and – He's been great about, hey, we share these kids. This I want them to be able to do both, get me and you work together so they don't have to make a – so they're not the ones that have to make a decision. Can me and you fix it and make sure it's good. And he was awesome about it. He's such a good dude. Yeah. I really think that's a great hire, just yeah. a home run hire for Camel County. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to working with him. And uh, You know, and here's the other thing coming from, you know, he was at Newport this year as he had transitioned from, from Highlands. I mean – you know, he'll be – you know, that's a 100%er right there. That guy is – he's hands-on with everything. He's high energy, um, you know. And believe me, and I've had – I've defended him uh, with the football stuff that we have done. Um, you know, the guy – coaches don't forget how to coach, right? The lineups change. That's basically all there is to it. Um, if I sent, you know, 10 kids your way – that just weren't really good, you know, you're going to get out of it what you're going to get out of it. That's what's happening. Um, you know, and Brian, he's really going to do a good job out there. He'll be really enthusiastic. Obviously a big fan of Mike Wolf. Love Me Coach too. Wolf. Me too. You know? I love Mike. And, you know, here, here's what I want to ask you on this. You know, um, I like going out to other events, football games and basketball or baseball games, things like that. I haven't been to baseball games because of it's been gross outside yeah but i enjoy that is that something you guys is that something you enjoy showing your face around other sports oh yeah um i haven't gone to baseball yet either but i've been waiting for like kind of a day like today <laughs> yeah. a day where we get a little good weather this is the day I don't, I i'm not gonna sit in the cold yeah uh, and watch baseball um uh, and i love watching football oh uh, i do too the problem when you have that many kids playing though i get there and i'm just like every little hit i'm cringing oh, like, yeah because it's so violent but uh, our but coaches uh, will text. We have a little text thread and a little, yeah. you know, and somebody's like, oh, he didn't get up. <laughs> I know. He's all right. I'll get one too. Like, oh man, Des didn't get up from it <laughs> real quick. And then you'll see him over there chirping. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoy going to, I mean, I'll, I'll go watch girls softball, baseball. Um, I'll catch a soccer game or two. I even go up and watch a couple of tennis. Well, I live right by the school, so yeah, I like taking a walk down to the campus. Well, and, I was the reason I and watching well, stuff. The reason I thought about it is I I've seen 
football coaches at basketball games. I've seen the baseball coach at games. So, you know, it just seems like a pretty good, you know, uh, just the environment and the ecosystem itself for support. Yeah, everybody supports each other at Campbell pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Schweitzer comes to a lot of basketball. And what about that guy? Weiner's been – he was already at a bunch of basketballs. What about yeah. Schweitzer? Jesus. Yeah. What about that guy, man? What about him? What can you say? He's you know, something else, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's <laughs> he's pretty funny. When you get to I know him, he's funny. Yeah. I like to joke about it. Uh we played we had our district seed game here last year in baseball and a call went for us that was obviously wrong. And and it was a um it was the momentum shifter. And he lost his mind. it was like a um Bobby Knight slash I don't even know who to compare it with, but it was chaos. You know where he was throwing the chair out and everything. He was unreal. And and um, I was talking to the new assigner after that game. He had called and said, what happened up there? And I said, well, ball was called fair. That, in my opinion, was obviously foul. And it was not foul by much, but I can see where he got it wrong, like what confused him about it. And he said, well, uh, what happened with Schweitzer? Well, nothing happened. He just lost his mind for 10 minutes. There was a ten, it was a 10-minute delay while he lost his mind. And um, the kids in, in our dugout were like, why aren't they throwing him out? And I said, because they know that they were wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to give him some, uh, you know, yeah. some uh, leeway there. Yeah. But he bounced back and, and yeah. won, the, won the region that year. Yeah, he's, so. He is a really good coach. He's done a really good job over there. Yeah. You know. I agree. So, what else you got coming up? Anything else? You like getting out to golf or doing anything else? Yeah. I'm on spring break this week. And, um, Man, you Catholics. You Catholics stick together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the Catholic. I'm the fish out of water in that department. But uh, my brother and I have golfed, and we're going to go again on Friday. And uh, that's about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been getting stuff done around the house and. Um, my wife's birthday was yesterday, so I had to make nice. sure she had there a good, go. day, good birthday. So, good to be off on that because you yeah. got all day to, yeah. to plan and do everything else. Exactly. So she was happy. And you get all the kids out of the house. So, see. So, let me ask you this. Let me close out on this. All right. So, and this just kind of goes back to, you know, the, the longevity of your career and different things like that. Uh, we had talked last time about. Memories you took away from your playing days at Camel County. Kind of that was kind of the 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 path that we had gone out. You know, what what excites you still as a coach? Um, seeing a team that that we put on the floor work together and get that mentality that it doesn't matter who scores, it doesn't matter who does it, we just want to win. And uh, those teams that I've had, even at Newport. And Campbell that have been successful really bought into that 100%. That excites me. Um, throughout the season, if you've never been to a Campbell County Brosser regular season game, the shootout, um, I think our kids, past and present, would would want to play that game more than any other game yeah. that you could throw at them. When you talk to them, like Corey Holbrook, for his uh, – Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame thing. Induction. Brought up the the Crosstown shootout game. Um, it's just 
it's what they live for. And if you've never been to a regular season game between Campbell County and Brossard, you need to come out and see it because it's unbelievable. It's like Simon Scott. It's it like doesn't matter how good my team is. Yeah. yeah, it's like Simon Scott. And it doesn't matter how good one of the teams are, it's always going to be a battle in that game. And, and uh, it's just fun. And I actually personally um, get more nervous for that game than I have any of my regional games. People think I'm crazy. But I don't know. You've got the co-brothers and you're dealing with them. And then, you know, the whole town comes out and – and uh, it's the keep keep your job game. <laughs> I don't think but, you're. I think you're beyond that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> that and then uh, obviously our our rivalry with Scott has gotten to the place where it's it's big too. Yeah. And it was a hell of a and, game this year. Oh yeah, it always it always is. I bet if we added up our games, the like that one year except. I would say, yeah, the one year was like one point all three games. All three games. At the buzzer, all three games. Yeah. And except I mean, for the except for the seed game in 18 where you guys hit another gear at about the four-minute mark and went on just this huge run. And I'll be honest with you, I could honestly think that um, that run late January in that game, because we were in control the entire game, and you just kind of chip, 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 chip. And then you went on this run, and all hell broke loose. And you guys continued at that pace until the uh, state tournament. Yeah. Even though the regional tournament or the the yeah the regional tournament game between us was good, you know, I, I think that score is a little deceptive. I think it was like a, I think we lost by two, but I think Nelson Parent hit a three at the buzzer or something like that. It was pretty close to that. Um, you know, but, but you're right if you yeah. could. Yeah. And, I, and that's the stuff, man, I love. Our district, it's so fun. Well, and even this year, we had a little drama after the game. You yeah. and I were good. I mean, I didn't even know what happened. All I, I did until I, was, I got in the I was in between, you know, yeah. two of the biggest kids in the in the entire joint. And, yeah. you know, and someone came from the backside, and I was like, what? I don't even know what's going on. And, uh, you know, but it also shows the respect that our programs have, and like our staffs especially, because – it's like, uh, you know, I was in between Dez and Cam, and I had a hand on each of their chests, like, trying to keep them away. And I apologize. Like, I didn't mean to touch your kid, but I felt like – and, it's, and it, but I understand that. But And you see these videos that come out on Twitter or on YouTube where this brawl happens. Like, that could have been – that could have escalated yeah. really quick. But it didn't. No, it didn't. And, and it did it because, you know, while rivals, the – relationship and the you know there is respect there yeah regardless yeah and, and that's part of my thing with and i'm not talking about your kids but i'm talking about mine like that was the part that i felt like i was battling all year long is like leaving that stuff to me that's all that stuff is the, is a distraction yeah. that keeps you from winning you know and i could never get over that hurdle last year like they have a little edge yeah i don't mind them having an edge i want them to have an edge but I want them to keep that edge and and yeah, and, and not it, yeah, and not go over overboard like that, and show yourself like that because then you basically, you know, you've lost control or lost sight of what we're what our main goal is. It becomes mm-hmm. about you at that point instead of the team. Well, that's true. You know, it becomes about you. You know, having to say what you had to say or run your mouth or whatever whatever it is. And I'm not pointing any fingers or. Um, 
putting anybody down. I'm just saying that's what it ends up becoming. It becomes about you instead of the team. And then it's hard to have a special season when that's what you're about. Mm-hmm. And that's tough for me to – with all I've been through these years, that's tough for me to uh, not have. Like I have to have – Mentally bought in as well as yeah. the physical. No, I understand part of that. It. And and for me, it's non negotiable. And so I don't have as much fun coaching when that's what I'm dealing with. And so that's why last year was a little bit of a struggle for me. I'm not going to hold back on that because I didn't feel like I got the buy in that I needed to get to get to the point where we wanted to get mm-hmm. as a team. And and so that's where we ended up. But well, maybe that's also part of the maturing process for the. Yeah, it for is. The kids. It is. And it's maturing. maturing into leaders. Yeah. Instead I, of role players. Right. And so, and I'm not making excuses for them, but, you know, you had, we had to do a lot of reteaching of things because of that whole interruption. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I had the energy to reteach as much as I needed to because I was worn out well, after I, that season. I was. I could have slept for a month after that season was over. I don't know about you. But I've literally I was outside and done. honestly, and Kevin and I were talking about this before after this season. Outside of going to the regional games, which honestly, and I say this, coming off the year that we did, it was really good for me to just go and and watch and just kind of re-energize a little bit because I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed watching it and. You know, I always everybody enjoys watching, um, whether it's you know on huddle, right? But there's just something about just being in a really good environment, and you didn't have to. I wasn't even there to root for anybody. I didn't really care. It's just I wanted to see good basketball, which I saw, and you know, so I spent the two days at homes, and then I went over to Northern to watch all day on Saturday. And I had a ball, I really did, and I needed that. But after. You know, leading up to that, I hadn't, I didn't even leave the house outside of going to work. And since then, I've really not done anything either. It's been really hard. Honestly, it's been hard to motivate, truthfully. Yeah. And, you know, there, I think there's a lot of things that weigh in on that. Um, just, to, you know, for me personally, I, I, everybody has their own way of dealing with different stuff. And, you know, my process is I need to, to live in a place um, uh, perfect example. Um, so I have an anxiety condition. I don't take medicine or disorder. Uh, I don't take medicine for it. Uh, I had one anxiety attack in my life and it was in 2015. It was, you know, I was still a freshman coach and it was triggered by something that I could not control. Um, you know, cause my back was really bad at the time. And I, I was just, you know, a lot was going on at that time. Um, so doctor puts me on this medicine. I stayed on it for about four days because I just didn't like the way that I felt. And I used the as needed as I felt and literally got into a conversation one day with Jeff Tram, who used to be the basketball coach here and baseball coach, and uh, just talking about anxiety. And I was just, you know, I've always been open about it. There's wasn't really hiding anything. And, you know, you know, he had he had talked to me about, you know, he had had an anxiety attack before the regional semifinals. Uh, they were playing Holmes, I think, when he was at Holy Cross. And he says now when he uh, when he felt it coming on, he would you know he would get on the treadmill, right, and just kind of control his breathing that way. And it, it kind of like registered to me like, whoa, wait a minute, there are different ways to treat this other than 
this medicine because I don't do real well. I don't like taking medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time in my life, I was on a whole lot of it because of my back was really bad. I was trying to get surgery, but no surgeon would touch me, which led to an anxiety you know, attack, which you know, kind of went into a whole different, I had been on my back for six months, basically. And things were just not good. I am that guy who needs to live in that place. And I have got to find a way out myself. I can't have anybody else do it for me. And that's kind of what this process has been for me in the off season. Whereas I love to have been, you know, podcasting early or getting out and doing this or doing any number of different responsibilities or duties that I could be doing um, you know, we told the kids we were going to give them off until after spring break. So I knew I was good there, but I needed to kind of live in that and f- figure out a way to work myself out of that. So that way, um, with a whole bunch of stuff like, you know, how things started, how things were in the middle, how things ended, how am I going to proceed going forward? You know, all of those things that, that that's just how my brain works. Yeah. And I, that's why I have so much respect for head coaches because you, you realize what they're going through. Yeah, the toll. And it takes a toll, and you uh, you just know what they're dealing with mm-hmm. because you're going through it yourself. And so that's why that's why our coaching fraternity is pretty tight, really. Guys we coach against stuff. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm not saying I get along with everybody, but most are guys I know I could call and, you know, check on them. And we always have – you know, we're kind of – Pumping each other up yeah. because there's there's usually not other people there's everybody else isn't pumping us up. We text each other more than yeah, <laughs> and and so that's why it's it's such a cool thing, and that's why I have so much respect for it. And, and myself, I get up every morning at five, um, even during the season, and I go for a walk in the morning, get an hour walk in. Um, that's my prayer time. That's my time to just kind of think about everything. And I don't think if I had that every day. Um, it, it would be a lot. It would be a lot harder for me to to do the things I do, mm-hmm. and and so like you said, you needed that time to just decompress and f- figure out for yourself. Hey, this is what, and you have to have it because you got to take care of yourself. Sure. And whatever it is, we're all as as head coaches, we're going through some of the same stuff. And that's why we do have to stick together. Even though we're trying to beat each other's brains out on the floor, which we should be doing because that's our job, mm-hmm. when it's off the floor, we can be buddies and yeah. and help each other out. And that's the way it should be. And uh, and I think, you know, as far as you and I are concerned, I don't, I don't know if there's a rivalry around as big as – I know you want to beat my brains in and vice versa. When we we play prepare really hard. Exactly. I do too. <laughs> but – you know, when my dad was going through some stuff, you were yeah. there for me and praying for me. When your dad was going through some stuff, the yep. same. And same. Your mom was a sweetheart when she came up to me and thanked me <laughs> for that. And, you know, that stuff to me is invaluable. You can't put a price on stuff like that. And that's, to me, that's, when you say, what gets you excited about coaching? To me, those things mean more than any banners or trophies or titles because Mm -hmm. those are the things when I'm done and I give this up that are going to last the other stuff people forget about it they're going next team up you know what's going to happen this year you know yeah when when you talk like about legacy there like we'll talk about it yeah hey remember my team we'll talk about it like crazy 
but everybody else is going to move on. Yeah, I, I would rather legacy be. I would rather legacy be defined like um, you know. Tried to you know make good decisions for all kids in every decision and yeah. you know things like that. Was a you know was a good ambassador of the school. Uh, I would rather things like that. Yeah, be, me too. I'm not. Yeah. Never really been worried about personal wins and losses, things yeah. like that. I mean, if I like, I, I've tell, I tell people all the time, if I really, you know, if I wanted to, you know, be break Brad Carr's win loss or wins record, then I would have a different schedule. Um, you know, we write our schedule to beat Campbell County and Brossard and get to the regional tournament, and make a run at that, and it, it's tough. And I understand that it's tough, and I get it, but. You know, I'm a little old school on that way. That's the school of Ron Don. You figure out a way to get over it, get over the hump. Yeah, I agree. And don't run from it. No. And you and I have tough schedules. Yes. Yeah. Every year. Well, when you have to play all these schools up here. That's the other thing. And people don't realize it. The ninth region in the last, I don't even know, five, six years has absolutely been a gauntlet. Yeah. Night in and night out. Yeah. Especially in Division One. Yeah. And there's no break. You no. just – like, <laughs> I remember we, we went from, like, Cooper, Connor. We played the whole – whatever district that is, back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. It's like – The 33rd. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just – it's not easy. And the coaches prepare in the ninth and 10th. They prepare like yeah, crazy. they do. Dude, we were playing a game. We played Walton Verona on the first Friday of the season. So it was like December the second or third, whatever it was. And, and it was a heck of a game. And at one point, uh, Chris Stapleton had called out a play. And Mike Hester was literally dictating out what it – and I'm thinking – I looked down there literally like, what? Uh, what? Well, I mean, we're not in your district. You're not in your region. That's what I'm saying. What are you even doing? And, look, we're that way too. Yeah. But I mean, this guy, this guy was like on the calls, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, how are you picking up that? Right? So, somebody gave him that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he wasn't right. getting that off a of film. But uh, you know, it, it 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 is that way. But yeah. in the ninth region, the same way. Yeah. And I enjoy look. And here's the thing. And and a couple of our kids were at the ninth region tournament games on the Saturday, and uh, we were watching the Cooper. Cuffcath game, which was just a fantastic game. And uh, Cooper had an excellent game plan. They did exactly what they needed to do. They just couldn't find baskets in the last couple of minutes. It was the, the Cuffcath size kind of got to them at, at the rim. And, you know, we, we had just played Cooper, you know, so we were done, obviously. And we had just played Cooper to a, I don't, I don't even remember, I'm not really good on that, but. Uh, it was a one-possession game. The final was a one-possession game. And I was telling these – sitting with these kids, and I'm thinking – I told them, the, you know, Cuffcath might be one of the four or five best teams in the state. And Cooper literally may win this game. That kind of shows you, like, number one, matchups mean uh, – matchups a big deal. But, you know, we're, we're not that far away. All we – you know, we got to stop beating ourselves – doing this or do that and, and look we were not perfect you know kids no kids perfect but you know you put it in that light to them and the, their eyes were like oh yeah wow i didn't really think about it like that um you know there is a lot of that 
Um, it's just trying to find ways to, ugh. man, you know, winning is hard. I think we've talked about that so much, you know, and, and any coach that I've had on this show, winning is, is a lot harder. And, and you know, being a head coach at any sport doesn't matter. It is the hardest thing that I've ever done ever because, you know, you try, right? We really, right. we really try. You're trying, you know, we lose sleep. This is not a sob story. I don't want anybody to feel sorry, but, you know, you, I'm almost as miserable after a law or after a win as I am as a loss because I couldn't get this guy in or uh, couldn't play this that way, you know. And those things, those are things they never turn off. You know, when you're driving home and in in your head is telling you, man, thank God we got that win, but you know your heart is like, damn it. It's almost like it's foreshadowing, you know, the drama or the the next practice or the yeah. email or the text right. or and that's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Right, we have we are we're out of bounds with how things are just you know whatever, um, and that those are the things that that bother me the most. I think about coaching, right? It's the yeah. hardest thing. But you know, like like I asked you, what excites me is I love like there was that period where we had got our whole team back together, and as we were starting to figure things out, that there's the, always that period of the season where you hit your stride. Now, sometimes it sustains to the end of the year. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, we had a little period where we were playing really well, and I was like, you know, starting to come together, Pepper. Right. 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 Uh, that, that's my favorite, right, when when you're showing up. You know, our kids dealt with a lot this year with with um, kids being hurt, being sick, being out of town, for this, missing for this or that. We got evicted from our locker room, you know. Um, so they, they go from their – you know their environment where they're comfortable and their guard is down to being in a drab empty i don't even know what you call it, cavern um welcome to my world that's our locker room all the time okay well there you go <laughs> um and, and you know they're sitting on stools and they don't have a locker to put yeah, you know it's just a lot of stuff kind of transpired there and and you know then we had the weather and you know there was so much that kind of went on and you know i think that at the end of the day that you, know, you you appreciate perseverance, um, and, I, and I more than anybody else wish that things could have been better for us. Yeah, you know? and as the head coach, I fully that's fully on me, hundred percent. It's hundred percent. You just you're going to wear it, even if it isn't fully on yeah. you, and it shouldn't be. You're the head guy, so you take it that way because yeah. you know, and it's hard it's hard to separate it. Yeah, and you're never going to make everybody happy, so. Like you said, we want the kids to be successful, and we care about every single kid. But it is impossible to win and play every single kid. That's a fact. And every kid is not going to get his, all the shots he wants. And, you know, that's the, the line that you, you, you have to try to balance as a head coach. And while mommy and daddy are sitting in the stands, they're worrying about their young man. That's it. We're worrying about the whole group. Yep. What is best for all? What's best for all? And because you and I and every other head coach has to take all the the heaviness on us, then that decision we make, we're going to make it, and we're going to live with it. And not everybody's going to be happy. No. But guess what? Too bad. That's no. just how it is, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, if, you know, people just don't get it. And that's why – let's go all the way back to the beginning of what we were just talking about. That's why – the first chair is so hard 
and people don't see it. And all those people that are complaining and getting on social media and stuff and complaining, they couldn't even do it. No, they couldn't. They and they could watch too much it. TV. Yeah. They see that stuff on ESPN right. from, you know, jobs that pay people millions of dollars to right. do it, whether it's a, a pro job or a college right. job. It, it's trickled down into our world, which, again, is why guys and girls are the longevity of, you know, like what you've been able to do. First, literally one of the first conversations I ever had with Mike Code was here, I think, when my first year as a head coach, or strike that, second year as a head coach. I really didn't know him super well. I knew Scott much better. And we were having a really good conversation during a JV game. And I honestly looked at him and I said, how in the hell have you done this as long as you have? You know, I was a year and a half in, exhausted. And, you know, because that first season had gone on so long, because we had played almost to the end of March, and then I went right into baseball, and then went right to Riverbend, working all rip summer at Riverbend, and then right back into basketball. I mean, I had literally, I was, I had, was burning myself out, and I didn't even know it because, you know, um, I'm one of those guys that's like, it's just, we just got to go, 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 and then when it's done, okay, then you can kind of decompress. And, you know, then you're trying to get ready for a seed game, you know, in this deal. And, you know, the Brassford game's a big game too for, for us. Um, only because you just never know what's going to happen in the Camel game. So, you know, you got to win that one. And, and hell, I mean, especially like with Calvary right now, yeah, you just don't know anymore. But, you know, I don't, I don't get it. That's why I think that's why I use the word endangered early on in this. I think we have a lot. Of, I'm being serious. If you look in our region alone, the 10th region, I would say that there is a really good likelihood that 50% of the coaches are within their last three, four years. Truthfully, I really believe that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when that does happen, the different yeah. guys is going to take over. Well, and then, then, then and, yeah, and, and that's the other thing. You know, the people, you know, everybody thought Jason Ensign was going to go to Mason County to coach the girls' team. Like, well, why? Why would he do that? I mean, I laughed, and I like sent him a text about it. Like, okay, whatever. But you know, and then one opens to the you know, it creates this like carousel effect is what they people say, and you know, they just want drama on it. To be honest with you, yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you got you got turnover. Do you Mason County girls? You know, Pendleton County girls. You know, there are. I mean, it's getting tough. You know. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just not like we we said before. It's not easy. Yeah. And everybody thinks they can do it because everybody everybody kind of understands basketball somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Like they understand. Oh, it goes through the hoop and da da da. Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? They don't get that part of it. And if, they had to, if they had to sit in our seat and make those split-second decisions yeah. how many times a game. Or come to practice and watch us teach that very thing, exactly. but it's not executed that way, right. which happens because, it, it, let's be real, that's, you know, sometimes kids have to, they have to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adjust. You know, well, a perfect example. We had oh, – Drew up a play, the last play of the game against Brosser. I drew up a play, and our inbounder did not throw the pass to the big man that was open. And instead, he throws the ball out to the elbow. Yeah, I remember it. Even I 
like, what the hell, right? Even my head's on, like, what in the hell? You know, they adjust. And he said, um, what did he say? He said, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want it to get blocked. And I said, uh, yeah, he was pretty open. Because <laughs> that's the first thing we looked at on the film when we got yeah. it back. Well, you I mean, know. we're dealing with... But then 16th. everybody's screaming, like, what are you doing throwing up? Because they think yeah, I drew it up for a three. I didn't. It was a good shot, though. I mean, if it goes in, you're the hero. Yeah, no, I would, yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably well, not, so. Yeah, but, hey, it is what it is. When, we, when we're, we're depending on 16, 17, 18-year-old kids yeah. every night, stuff like that's going to happen. And, yeah. And you just got to deal. And obviously you got a lot of people that don't understand that. And to me, whatever their opinion is, no, it does. Well, it's, it's it is what it is. I don't yeah, care. it's like I don't when you. It's what I tell our staff is, they think that I understand. That I don't understand. Yeah, we've been there, done yeah. it. Yeah, and I believe me, I've been wrong just as much as I've been right. I, I'm an accountable person, and I'm my worst critic. Same so, here. So, well, I appreciate you coming on, brother. All right, man. Man, you were always enjoy. You are the leave some of this uh, winning dust all over, and then. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good. I hope you have a great summer. All right, appreciate great end it. of the year, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So, yeah. Eric Russell, the great Eric Russell, Mister Four Hundred and Thirty Seven, right now. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Well, I added it up. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. All right.